Mayday, mayday, mayday. Put on your life vest. Who cares about the kid next to you? Put a mask on yourself. It's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Noah Jansen. I'm Eliza Jansen. And this is Twin Picks. Ah! Help. Gosh, I love movies. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which myself, Eliza and Anthony are now recording, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to another episode of Twin Picks, the movie podcast where we pit two movies with some kind of little similarity against each other in a double feature and talk about which one does its job better. Well, we have returned from a rambling little Oscar special for a disaster showdown. Are we, are we, do we have anything else to discuss in life? I mean, these are, no, no. We're recording in a new place. Yeah. That's a fun this thing, This is nice, a little venue change. Indeed. We're in my little apartment. Wait, is this an apartment? I actually yeah. don't know what the difference is between, like, what's a townhouse? Uh, is this a townhouse? No, it's not a townhouse. I don't anything. think it is either. But I would have called it a strip, unit. But I have no, I'll say yeah. unit. Well, it is Big unit six. Unit. I was about to put, say my address, but I don't want our fans knocking on the door <laughs> being like, <laughs> I want to be on the podcast. Just murdering you. Yeah, no, Stop it's actually unit four. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go visit Jeff in unit four. Um, yeah, that's right. We're recording my new little place. How are the acoustics in here, Anthony? Better what did you say before? Ripple echoes or something. Flutter, Flutter echoes. echoes. Flutter echoes. Yeah, before we were we were about to start recording, and I was like, mm, "It's it's a little bit it's a bit crunchy in here with all the reflections. There's like <laughs> lots of parallel walls. It's quite a small room, and also the door and window were all closed. And there's also not a lot of like absorbent material. Yeah. Like you it's don't a have a bunch of like bookshelves oh. and stuff like that. <laughs> like, so. do not call my apartment a disaster, please. <laughs> so I opened the door and I opened the window, and we're getting the sound out. A what are your favourite words to describe sound with? Because you said that crunch, nice. and that's pretty fun as well. Yeah, there's lots of sit. Like they're all just so silly. Like because there's no real way of like unless you want to literally sit down and like describe wavelengths using like physics language. You can't really say anything other than yeah. that to talk. So, so like those kind of words. Yeah. people t- people talk about like. Fatness. People talk about like thickness. Wet, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. A little bit. Ah, As oh, in, I'm saying you, I yes. They say, say that a little bit. Um, uh, airiness. People talk about air in music. Yeah, stunning presence. Um, I always find that interesting. And in, like, I've never written a music review, but I have friends that do it. And like, reading it, I'm like, how do you even mm. know this? <laughs> that like, well, even I had it how with to describe um, sound. I had it with. <laughs> Uh, are we going to mention the short film now? I guess we will. I will. In talking to Gracie, the cinematographer of a little short film that Elias and I did, which we'll talk about in a sec. And he's right here. Oh, absolutely. Sound. It's been this was the sound boy. I'm also mean in talking to Gracie about yeah, because she was the cinematographer. I was like, oh, how do you describe like the colors, like visuals that you want? Like I was, I guess, like warm, mm. like, but yeah. it's like really hard to be like. Oh, especially because I feel like having written a story together, I view things in the lens of story and character so much to when something's visual and sound now. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what those words so are more for. more of the end result rather than how to get there by being yeah, like, it has to exactly. be yellower. I think yeah. the most the, the most useful <laughs> thing for like all of that sort of stuff when you're sort of just like, um, what's the word? You're describing um, qualia yeah. of stuff is that you basically well, just pick Qualia is the word. Unquantifiable phenomena. Yeah, like the essence of something. So like the blueness of a blue. But how mm-hmm. are we seeing like, the same How blue? do you translate that to someone? It's like yeah. there's, there oh is no God. way for language to like assess Incredible. that. But anyway, the best way of doing it is just to like pick references, like stuff that you like that's similar and you yeah. sort of be like. Uh, you like triangulate it, like I, you pick I three things, and you're like, it's kind of film, part yeah. of all of these things, but not quite any of them. And then yeah. you like you work out the center of those things. Totally. So I guess people do that. What with about sound like as well. 
there's a colour that only prawns can see that we can't see. Well, how do we know they can see it? They can't tell us. Because we know how many cones know. they have in their eyes. <gasps> what do yeah, you reckon like, it imagine, looks like? You what can't you imagine that. But you can't. Think about it. Try and think of a colour that doesn't exist. You can't, man. It's quite I think it's a bit like pink. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pink but edgy. But only a bit. Yeah. A little bit like pink. <laughs> Literally. Well, wow. yeah, just dropping our short film in there that Eliza and I co-wrote oh. a short film that Anthony did the sound for. It was an incredible little experience, us shooting that. But we'll talk about that more when it's closer to being done and we'll mm. do some sort of little double feature for it. But it's been plugged. Yeah. There we are. Um, <laughs> well... The two films we're talking about today, I think, have lots of crunchy sounds yeah. because they're both a lot of sloshing, cracking, sloshing, cracking, flaming. I'm actually really excited for this app. I randomly have a lot to say. I think they're oh, really yeah? good twin picks. Well, they, how do you feel about disaster movies in general? I feel like we used to be quite into them. I think I liked them a lot. Day I'd seen tomorrow. both these movies before watching them. I remember oh. I used to think, you know, when you're a kid, we talked about this before, where like when you're just getting into movies and you don't realise, like, you think some things are way more prestige than they are. Yeah. Like, we thought Wild Hogs was, like, an elite <laughs> comedy. We were like, yeah. oh, that's, like, world-class comedy. Well, yeah, Wild yeah. Hogs. Not because we'd seen it. We just thought that it was regarded but as that. it's just you're falling for the marketing. You're just like, oh, yeah, these classic actors going on a classic adventure. Yeah, I was it's like, oh, it's like Caddyshack. Like, it's like no, 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 Ghostbusters, <laughs> but it's Wild yeah. Hogs. <laughs> I had that with Roland Emmerich films. That's how they're sold, though. They're sold as, like, this is the event of the summer. It's a spectacle. It's huge. And you're like, oh, so that equates to greatness. So it must be great. Exactly, yeah. Like, I remember when 2012 came out, I was really excited for that movie. And I was reading Empire Magazine a lot back then. And, like, they were selling it as this big thing. And I was like, oh, it is. Like, it's a huge, huge thing. Um, So I used to like Mm. them a lot. I loved Dante's Peak. One day we have to do Dante's Peak and Volcano. And you recently did your impression of the grandma. Okay, this is, okay, so there's a bit in it where, like. We already discussed this in detail. Did we do it on the podcast? Yeah, and you did your grandma's We did not. (laughs) Yes, we did. Why would we have done that? Really recently. I don't believe you. I'm just going to do it again in case we're doing it. Oh! Oh! Alright. There it is. Yeah. (laughs) So. That's the old grandma dying in the acid waters. In the acid water. That's not how you did it last time. Yeah, last time you were like. (laughs) Last time. (laughs) You were like. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was more like I that. Oh, great. <laughs> oh my god! Thank you guys for holding me accountable. <laughs> great. Well, you know what? Yeah, we'll do the episode, and I will finally see this. And moment we can watch it, and, and we can, can all do it at the same like- moment. It'll be great. I actually would truly <laughs> like to do that episode because I haven't seen yeah. Volcano. Okay. Um, we haven't done like a twin oh. pick in a while. Like, yeah, we got to do one. We need it after the, the next two we're doing soon. We need it. Yeah, we'll crack in. Okay. Anyway, um. We are today talking about, we keep on promising episodes and then like doing a bunch of episodes in between. So we promised this a while ago, but anyway, fuck you all. We're doing it now. The Towering Inferno and the Poseidon Adventure. These are two huge disaster films in an era where, so this is after, I'd say, you know, you had Westerns and then this was. In terms of like the big trend of a decade, you know, what we kind of have at the moment with superhero films, but it's going to go for a lot longer than a decade, Jesus Christ. Um, it has already. There was, yeah, literally much. already, well and truly. Um, this is like fully a decade of disaster films with all-star casts, generally produced by Erwin Allen. Yeah. Um, so you've got Towering Inferno and The Poseidon Adventure being the big ones, but also Earthquake Airport. and Airport. Um, yeah. And, you know, to the degree that they got parodied by Airplane and mm. um, things like that. So both these films have huge all-star casts and they're about epic disasters taking place. And and they both have a song, a theme song by Maureen McGovern, the same fucking woman who also appears oh. in Airplane as the singing nun. And I think she also did a... Really? Yeah. Wait, what? Okay, so this... Okay, there was a song in... The Poseidon Adventure yeah. that I found There's really annoying. There's got to be a morning after. after. Right? And then there was a song in the Tarry Inferno that I was like, I am 
going to listen to that love it. every day. It was We May Never Love Again. We May Never Love Like This Again. Yeah, it was yeah. gorgeous. But like yeah, her, she sings both inc- of them. Oh, what? Yeah, dude. That is infinitely And she sings the song in Earthquake as well. This is like her wow. shtick that in disaster in every movies, single like at the start masquerade of the ball scene. Yeah, at the start of the movie, before the disaster happens, she sings a song she's like, we're all going to die. And everyone's just like <laughs> dancing happily. And then at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, yeah. That was wow, it. Prophetic. That was so foreboding. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Had you seen either of these films before this? Um, I'd seen Poseidon Adventure. I had yeah. not seen Towering Inferno. I had seen was Towering Inferno and don't cast. remember Poseidon Adventure. Yeah, yeah. right, because both these movies are like all-star cast and then Poseidon Adventure's like Gene Hackman and uh, Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> and then Towering yeah. Inferno. Well, should we dive let's, in? Let's talk about them individually, I reckon, yeah. Cool. Well, which one came first? What should we do first? Uh did Towering Inferno come first? Let's have a little look. I'm going to look mm. it up on the internet. Because airport kicked Poseidon off the Adventure trend, came right? first. Oh, really? Well, 72, Towering Inferno was 74. Oh, wow. There you go. There you go. Well, shall we go and it visit? Feels, yeah. Let's go. That Down big old god Poseidon <laughs> knock on his little door and <laughs> watch the po- talk about the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Damn it. I tried to make it all sexy and cool, but it didn't work. <laughs> Alrighty. The Poseidon Adventure is a 1972 disaster film directed by Ronald, Ronald Neem uh, and, yeah, produced by Erwin Allen. It features big ensemble all-star cast with Gene Hackman. It does have lots of, like, huge people, just people that we Very, are not as familiar with, yeah, obviously. pretty, like, dated Yeah, whereas Towering Inferno, as we'll talk about, are, like, names that people still really know. Yeah. Um, Gene Hackman, Ernest Borgnine. Eyebrow legend. Big old eyebrows. Um, Jack Albertson, Shelley Winters. Amazing. Um, and it's essentially about very scary predicament to find yeah, yourself yeah. in that I'm going to ask you about in a second. I have a little question for you. Um, the plot of this one is there's a luxury cruise liner called the SS Poseidon. And on New Year's Eve, it's its final trip, which is an interesting counter to Titanic, which is like mm. its maiden voyage. It's literally on its way to the scrapyard after it's dropped off its passengers. On New Year's Eve, it's overturned by a tsunami and a small crew of people have to make their way from the what is now the bottom of the ship in the, like, you know, promenade room to the very top of the ship, to the which hull. Which is the bottom of Which is the bottom uh, of the ship yeah. <laughs> because the steel there is really thin and they're like, oh, we can, that's where we're most likely to be rescued from. Eliza, would you rather be trapped on a cruise liner that's flipped over oh or God. be trapped on like the very top floor of a building that's on fire? I feel certain any any natural disaster thing with water, that would freak me out too much. I could not The isolation handle. of it and like the threat of drowning is so terrifying God. to me. Yeah. I think also just with with like a death by burning – Often they say, like, you, you would just pass out. out. Like, the, you would just suffocate. I asked, yeah. I asked my friend Paris this earlier today and she said the exact same thing. Yeah. She was like, you'd, you'd pass out too quickly. Yeah, man. Why totally. Not? So the Poseidon the, Adventure, yeah. in our opinion, presents mm. the more terrifying Just the idea of a tsunami of, like, this wave of oh. water that you cannot reckon with. What are you going like, to do against a wave, yeah, man? You can't stop it. Can't you can't do shit. It. You just have to run and it will <laughs> it will be faster than but you. But you're on a cruise ship as well. You've got to yeah. sit. You're sitting tight in this yeah. circumstance. Um, yeah. I I had such an interesting one with this this time because it – whereas to me oh, – well, I'm already comparing the picks. The Towering Inferno, like – uh, had more meat to its bones than I mm. think I expected. Whereas this one, to me, initially suggests that it might have some interesting character elements or ideas about survival, but then it's ulti- exclusively an adventure film and it's just about a group of Is people it? trying to get a thing done. First of all, it's hilarious that it's the adventure. It's like, what a fun adventure. Getting fun yeah, literally. <laughs> Up-down cruise yeah, ship. Yeah, I, I saw the remake of this when I was a kid first. But that's just called Poseidon with Kurt Russell. Yeah. yeah. Is he a... Preacher in it? Uh, oh, I or he's can't just remember. A, he's just a Kurt Russell dude. Um, yeah, God, I'm imagine going sure. to church and Kurt Russell was the priest. Oh, wow. I'm there. I'm there every week. <laughs> yes, Father. Um, the, 
Yeah, like to me, the, the action. Hot like, Priest Summer, but it's him. Hot <laughs> Priest <laughs> Summer. 100%. Uh, it's like instead of saying, like, forgive me, Father, for my sins, you're like, Daddy, I've been a bad girl. <laughs> I'm sorry, Father. <laughs> Please care, Russell. Jeez. Uh, we sorry. really go off in them places. <laughs> sorry, yeah, no, I, re- I really do We have to. We have to. <laughs> um, so this movie opened pretty great to me. Like at first I was like, oh, I loved the score. It was quite like foreboding, which is a fun way to start a dis- disaster film because you're like, oh, none of these people know. None of them know what's about to happen, <laughs> which is really sad. Um, it had a really unnecessary title card that's like, only some people are about like yeah, survive. Like, this didn't I'm like, happen. <laughs> I'm just about to watch this, and there's a title card being like, "Only six. M- so many people died. Only a small little crew survived." I'm like, "Well, I'll fucking find that out in the next like 20 minutes. Yeah, like, calm down." <laughs> Yeah. Um, feels like they made an end card and they accidentally put it at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> That's the thing that normally happens at the end is Why? like, literally. Chaz went on to not die. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Chaz. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hackman's character of Chaz. Chaz. <laughs> so he does a sermon. He's like a new age priest. And I found this quite cool. He he's does a very interesting character. He Lean does character. a little preface, right? Where he's essentially talking to a priest who's like got, you know, this priest is all fancy and old school and, and Hackman's like, nah, I'm like a cool priest and I'm going to give a cool sermon and I want you to listen up. And he essentially says to everyone, don't pray to God to fix your problems. God is within you and God will give you, like, you have the power to save yourself, which is a really interesting thing to preface a disaster movie with. Just this yeah. idea of being like... And just you- not a very loving and benevolent v- Christian thing to say, to be yeah. like, he's not going to help. He's not going to help you. You have to help yourself. And the God that you pray to actually is within you and that's what will get you through. Yeah. And what frustrates me then is once the disaster happens, there aren't really any more... Oh, well, in terms of like difficult choices to be made, it kind of is just an adventure story. Of it's fun enough, but it's just like people being faced, a small crew of people being faced with challenges that are like little action set pieces essentially, and then they just keep on defeating them, kind of like a video game until the end. I don't think so. I feel like, especially in contrast to the Towering Inferno, Oof. at each like okay, that's what I love about Towering Inferno. We'll get there. Uh, but yeah. No, All no, right. Hit it. I feel like. With Poseidon Adventure, yes, the action of it is repetitive. It's just they go to a room and they're like, how are we going to get here? It's like an escape mm. room. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. And they're like, one by one, we all have to climb the ladder. We all have to go across this. But at each point, it's always about faith and being like, will we keep following this messiah, the Gene Hackman guy, yeah. like up and to the light and to ascend to something better? Or will we live in fear and abide by the laws of man like the purser who says, everyone just stay in the bottom of the boat? That is very interesting, definitely. Yeah. That moment of like essentially That Hackman- was a very weird moralistic way to kick off the movie. Oh, yeah. Like the guy who represents like law and authority saying, everyone stay in the bottom, we'll be fine, we'll be rescued. And then because they do that, you see them all get punished Murdered, with like death a second very quickly. Later. Yeah. But that whole beat is... But again, I was almost like, oh, I feel like we're going to lose what's so interesting about this in this Mm. as the movie goes on is essentially like Hackman is essentially saying like, we're at the bottom of the ship. We don't have long. No one's going to come and save us. The ship is sinking. We have to make our way up the top. And like, who's coming with me? And not like, you know, the group, it's only like eight of them or something. And the rest of them are like, no, we're staying here. Someone will come and get us. And as Eliza said, just this idea of like... Mm his very sermon being tested of being like you have to fight to survive um and then for me like the action set pieces themselves they're like really exciting but i don't know i feel like largely they've dated a bit and i'm just like oh this isn't as thrilling and Mm. i sound like i didn't like it i think i just really enjoyed the towering inferno so wow interesting i feel like they had just enough interesting spins on like how to make each room Mm. difficult to get through like you know having to go up a ladder or get like the obvious one in every movie that makes me anxious is like holding your breath and having to go on something it was so funny that woman being like oh no i'm a champion swimmer essentially there's a woman who gets fat shamed the whole movie and they're like you're dragging us back and then at the end she's like i'm like a champion swimmer i let me do this please let me do this and she like saves gene hackman's life can we because look She's the in what you just said i've realized no i i well it makes the movie interesting to watch like very fascinating 
watch in regards to how it treats this. But like Hackman, Gene Hackman as this like leader, masculinity in the movie, even as a dickhead mm. who talks about masculinity all the time, I actually genuinely like it's so interesting in this movie. The way like to all the women, he's like my delicate little flower. And he like hugs um, and kisses them so much. And, and, and like, then like smooches one. And all the men, he's like fucking move it, you yeah. shithead. <laughs> Like, Die. <laughs> he's like, yeah. fuck it. And like any, in any moment, any of them like contradict him or anything. He's like, God damn it. Like, come with me and follow me. And it's like, uh, I've totally heard interesting lecturers watch. like that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, were this really nice to like female students? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like not in a good way, like in a kind of condescending oh, way. Yeah, but like 100%. polite condescending yeah. kind I of like deal. Even with- I, I think it makes it a really interesting watch. It's because you're like, whoa, that's like very visible at the forefront. But do you think it's like, it doesn't feel intentional. It just feels like a product of its time, yeah. right? Yeah. And I also feel like just in the group, their dynamic, like talking about Miss Rosen, who's played by <laughs> Shelley Winters, who's just like amazing. So cool. And like to have had an, like a huge career in the studio system and then in the 70s to play this role where every line is about her weight. Like, like dude, that fat ass. Like, yeah. I don't want to go behind She's you. She's not even that fat, really, like, by yeah, instant. But, like, I was amazed that, like, she cobs so much flack for her weight. And then, like, the other, like, hot, skinny, like, conventionally attractive girls were so useless in the group and, like, kept having mm. panic attacks and, like, causing trouble. I was like, why aren't y'all bullying them? <laughs> like, yeah. you're also mean to Mrs. Rosen. And she ended up saving Jean Hackman and just being lovely and kind and, like, helpful the whole time. I felt yeah. so bad for her. Absolutely. Yeah. No, but again, maybe I am being too critical because the things that got me through the set pieces not being, like, wildly interesting to me mm. was being, like, the dynamic of this group is so fascinating because I feel like it's being sold mm. to us as, like... Well, like, obviously they're supposed to be a complex group, but, like, as a dick-measuring contest <laughs> movie, it's awesome. Like, there's another guy in the group who's, yeah. like, a police chief. Rogo. Yeah, <laughs> Rogo. Mr. Yeah. Rogo. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm sick of you ordering me around. Like, yeah. I'm going that way and stuff. And as you said, it's a big, like, test of faith <laughs> idea. But he's Hackman like is the, a dick. Like, he's, he's just, it's just the male ego thing of being like, I am the leader. I'll take us to the end. And even, like, his final moment, he makes a big spoiler, like, he makes, like, a big it. sacrifice. But if I was in that group of survivors, <laughs> when he was doing what he's doing, I'd be trying to hold back a laugh. I'd be like, oh, my God, you are so dramatic. Can't I? He's literally like, is this what you want? Yeah, when are he's, like, talking to us? God. He's, like, talking to God. Two people have just died really <laughs> savagely yeah. and randomly. And like another thing that Tarrant Inferno does better, like death has weight and is really random and scary, but we'll yeah. get to that. In this one, you're like, I know the people who are going to die and then they die at the times you think they're going to yeah. die. But I, again, like I don't think I was supposed to feel the way about Gene Hackman that I did, but it was in, like very fun to watch and be like, oh, this is just like a, the hubris of man, of this dude being like, mm. I'm the leader of this group. I'm going to save us all, which is like not unrealistic, but is funny to me and entertaining to watch. Does that make sense? I, I think it's, he's interesting. I think for that to be the lead character, someone who is not, like I know it's a thing for um, heroes that they're not meant to ask questions and like be considerate and like vacillate, mm. like they're meant to be decisive, but he's so fucking like unforgiving and like in his sermon at the start, it's almost Trumpian how he's like, God doesn't want quitters and losers, he wants winners. And it's like, does he? Like, mm. I thought, you know, you're meant to be like catering to the lowest and like waiting for the slowest in the group. And that's what one of the people says in their group. They're like, well, yeah. I'm a priest and it's like my place is with the sick. Like, and you're sort I... of like, it is like, yeah, you should be with people who need you in like their darkest moment, not just mm. being like, we got to live at whatever cost. And like some people will die a hideous death worse than they might have in like mm. the start of the movie. You're actually but, very right. And I, I don't know. I thought maybe just found, I'm like, so tailored, it more interesting. Maybe I'm so tailored to... Well, because it's weird. I was thinking about those things, but so much in the context of being like, this is a dated movie that didn't intend for me to think it that does way. Feel but very that's not dated. the way to watch art. So I think I'm in the mm. wrong. Like, that's not the way to watch things, is to be like, oh, the thing I'm experiencing of this, though, is not what they wanted. So that makes it. You know what I mean? I just so viewed it through the. I was almost like closing myself off to some of those things because I was like, oh, the movie's given up. I obviously, I obviously always felt the through line of like, it's a mission of faith belief and, and belief, yeah. but I don't know. So much of the like interpersonal dynamics of the group to me, I was like, I'm not supposed to feel the way about this that I mm. am, but 
A, that doesn't matter, and B, I actually think it probably was there a bit more than I thought. Like, it probably is supposed Mm. to be, like, this guy, maybe his very hard-lined view of faith is, it might be questionable, but maybe it's what gets them through. Yeah, and I think the final, like, scene or whatever, like, I guess... It, the first title card of the movie spoiled it that some people did survive. That's so not a spoiler to say it. But when when they realize they are getting rescued and they see the light of, you know, laser, like a yeah. flame torch coming through and Rogo, who, if you're following this, is like a biblical metaphor or whatever. I guess he is like the Judas or like the doubting Thomas or whatever. When he like it's really true. hangs yeah. his head and he's like, oh, my God, we actually did get saved. Like I did find it kind of moving. I was like, whoa, he like his life has changed. He's a believer. So much yeah. yeah. And like being such an earthly man, like being a cop that basically harassed his sex worker wife into marrying him by arresting yeah, her. Course. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anthony's like, like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Having no idea what this movie is. Yeah. Yeah. I just I found it like mm. very satisfying or more yeah, more more mm. philosophical than I expected. And yeah. how good was Leslie Nielsen playing a dead serious role? Yeah, literally. <laughs> like, we don't know him The from role that. that he later essentially just parodies for, yeah. for the rest of his career. I love when, like, probably a minute before the wave hits, he's like, we got to go to battle stations. Da-da-da. Happy New Year, by the way. <laughs> like, yeah, Happy New Year, by the way. He's just so funny. He's great. <laughs> yeah, classic stuff. Um, <laughs> classic little kid role in this as well. God, so annoying. As- I kind of wish one of these movies had the balls to kill a kid. Absolutely. But that kid should cop it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. When he like his, endangers everyone by going to go have a pee. It's uh, like, dude, you, the ship is sinking. Piss anywhere. You can do a shit on the floor, mate. <laughs> go wherever you yeah. want. Absolutely. I'm sorry. His sister, like yeah. having the hots oh, for Gene Hackman. Yeah. That was too much. See, all those things where it's like, you are implying that he is, this yeah. is like a good moral. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. An interesting one. And I had a great time watching it. Again, yeah. I was really excited and this episode. There's lots to talk do about. Do you feel like the special effects really hold up as well? The flip itself, I actually wrote down randomly, this is one of those movies that I'm like, you know what? Valid to make a remake of this. Because as I was watching mm. it, I was like, I would love to see this done, A, with like new special effects and B, on the big luxury cruise liners that we have yeah, now. Yeah, jeez. Because that's what the, like, the flip is fucking terrifying. In yeah. The Whereas you can tell it's really confined to sets. Well, in this, in what this I, one. It's confined to sets and also it's the camera rotating. Yeah, that was pretty Star Trek that in every scene they would just be like, like all right, camera person, tilt gently T- from left exactly, to right. Exactly, exactly. So, like, the yeah. flip itself for me isn't super satisfying. But one that I always find really scary is... um. Like, because the tables are bolted into the floor when the mm. ship is flipped, there are people essentially, like... Hanging upside hanging down. Hanging on the roof, which is really creepy. You know the guy who falls and then, like, smashes into the glass uh, yeah. ceiling in quotation marks? He I found that really scary. the ceiling, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, God. Rest in peace, poor extra man. <laughs> that guy. Um, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, essentially for me, the thing that makes this not hold up as well as Towering Inferno is it's in parts for me, just American Ninja Warrior as a movie of just people going through little obstacle courses (laughs) (laughs) and be like, hold your breath, swing from the thing. Yeah. Climb up the rope. Climb up the Christmas tree. Yeah. Will we talk about Towering Inferno? It sounds like you have some praise to burn it all up with, burn it up. Burn it up. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'd ask you to sing the far superior song that's mm-hmm. in this movie as I introduce the movie. All right. Can you begin? Go. We may never love like the Towering Inferno is a 1974 disaster film produced by Owen Allen, directed by Josh Guillermo. 
It stars an incredible all-star cast of... Yeah. So, get ready for this. Thank you for that, Liza. It was gorgeous. A fast period I don't song. know more of it. It was great. <laughs> but it's good. And her voice sounds so much... Like, I thought it was a different yeah. person because I was like, this is a bop. Maybe it is. Because she does the official single. Well, one of them, them sounds very, like, folky and then that one yeah. sounds very, like, ballad Loungy, and, like, carpenters kind vibes, of, um, yeah. What's the, what's oh my god, I forget all the names we do this podcast. Um Goldfinger, um Sher Who did um, Gold Oh Shirley Bassey. Shirley Bassey, yeah. Um the cast of this movie. Okay, you ready? Here it it's is. Wild. Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, already getting them in a movie together. Jeez. That's cooked. Faye Dunaway, Fred Astaire, mm. like an old oh. Fred Astaire, not even dance, actually does do a little dance in one bit, but uh, that's a Tim dancing with Needed more. Needed yeah, more exactly. William Holden. Wild. William Holden, that's like the Wild Bunch, right? Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. Starlog 17, Picnic. Yeah, yes, yes, yeah. Um, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, Sunset Boulevard. Oh, God. Richard Chamberlain, Jennifer Jones, mm. Robert Vaughan, mm. Robert Wagner. Two big Robs. The all two the Robs. Big Rob dogs. And a heaping service of orange juice with OJ <laughs> Simpson. Oh, my God. Holy fuck. In a movie that can only be described as epic, approaching yeah. a three-hour runtime, the highest-grossing film of 1974, and it is about it's the unveiling, it's the grand opening of the tallest building in the world. Um, but due to some construction, you know, corners being people cut, people cutting corners, people cutting corners, just trying people to get under budget. The almighty dollar. Guess what happens? A fire. Mother Nature does what she does and fire the sets, the glass tower, and it becomes a towering inferno. <laughs> if I've learned one thing from Grand Designs, it's that you always just go over budget. Like you kind of just submit to You just to want that. to submit to it. It's yeah. just, just hit the Kevin brief, will right? forgive you. There are, if it <laughs> these materials have been chosen for a reason <laughs> so that they're non-flammable, so that they're structurally sound, <laughs> so that they'll prevent the floods, you know, whatever. That's whatever it. It Tell that to, to William Holden. Yeah. Try and convince oh, him. Which try. all points to why I really love this movie on a rewatch, okay? Whilst our discussion about Poseidon Adventure has opened me up more to the consistency of the, like, the faith idea throughout, Mm. Towering Inferno is so constantly about people doing their jobs and about service to, like, doing your job at maximum capacity and, like, the responsibility of your role, that people are always making choices. People are always like thinking very actively. And I can always see that people are like ridden with guilt over what's happening or are feeling very emotionally confused about what's happening in a way that there's always something happening that's really engaging and I'm really engaged in. And equally the set pieces and the action to me was super believable and scary. Wow. Yeah, I think I really disagree. I found it to have a meandering quality because of that. Like it's good and it's realistic that it's like in a disaster there are constantly other little issues popping up and it's more realistic than the Poseidon Adventure in mean, being like there's lots like of different that? factions like something, and people and heroes. They fix one the thing, thing and then another thing happens. I just felt like it went on and on and on and some of the obstacles felt totally just like manufactured for drama, like randomly towards the end of the movie, them being like a helicopter is going to come and help us and because of winds the helicopter just explodes. I was like, what? Oh, that Did that need to rough. happen? <laughs> that one was rough. Yeah, that's true. But like some of the little obstacles that popped up, I was like, oof. Like you felt it and were like, no, that's so unfair. Like when Paul Newman, Jennifer Jones and two of the token exactly. little kids, when they arrive at the top of the stairs and see that a wheelbarrow of cement has overturned and blocked a door, you're like, oh, that that's so unfair. Crushing, <laughs> yeah. literally. But to me also like the stairwell bit in that, firstly, so there's a bit where a stairwell blows up because of a gas leak and mm. then they are um slowly... Uh, like he has to slowly bring them all down. Mm. A pretty conventional set piece idea, but A, the visual effects for it were really scary for me. And B, you mm. just get the sense of being like all these people's day started completely differently. Like mm. I just kept on being like these, especially Paul Newman. So Paul Newman's character is the architect and the whole like a, an element throughout so much of the movie is like whose fault is this because – um you know, initially the the only character that's like quite, not a caricature, but like is sold has been like a 
real Richard fucker. Chamberlain. Richard Chamberlain is the um the main developer, like boss dude's son-in-law, so his daughter's husband, and he was like the what is it like the elect elect he's like the head of like electricity or some shit electrician mm. man or some shit and it's said i don't know how that works but he's also explicitly shown to be very selfish and a bad person just and, as well <laughs> and essentially the main implication is like it's his fault that this has happened he's a bad because guy he he's didn't do job. paul newman's safety specifications yeah but then later in the movie you know like he confronts the main dude and is like like you didn't think when you made me like find budget cuts wherever I could that it was yeah. going imp- to like impact safety. Don't act like this is all on me. Which is realistic. Like Absolutely. I and- mean, any I did this awesome course in uni, like a random subject that was about disasters, like looking at like Hiroshima and like power plant failures or even like mobs where like a huge stadium. Oh, like, that how is come? so scary, it's that so stadium. Scary. Yeah. Um, it's been crushed like that. Though. Yeah, but just like that it will never be one fatal error, which is what happens in Poseidon Adventure, that there's a tsunami, a huge thing that that then causes a million little problems. It's normally that there's a million little failures and it's the more complex a system is, the more room for error. And once mm. there is error, no system is equipped to, like, think of every possible little <laughs> thing that could go wrong so it all goes wrong. Like, and, like, that did make the movie feel more real. Yeah, and, like, I just found myself realizing like like you want with a lead character even though it's an ensemble film like with Paul Newman I spent so much of the movie I was like I spent this entire movie trying to absolve you of guilt for this because (laughs) I'm like no it's not your fault baby it's not but I'm like to some degree it has to be and that's so interesting to me and then did you think it was corny that at the very end he and steve mcqueen who's like the head firefighter they survive and steve mcqueen's like you need any advice on how to make a building that doesn't burn down and paul newman's like yeah i'll take you up on it buddy it's like like, 200 people died (laughs) (laughs) but death in this film hey yeah but i guess beside adventure you are very true that the bit where the where everyone's pretty much like burning in hell like, or getting drowned before Gene Hackman's eyes and he has to like close his, the door in front that of him. That is rough. <gasps> but this movie has whole like relationship setups. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, I can't wait to follow these people. And then their like brave hero attempt mm. doesn't work. Like the dude who, what, who's the dude who plays That's number Robert two? That's Robert Wagner, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And his girlfriend is just trapped in an office and he's receptionist choking and then- to death and eventually just jumps out the window and, and there's a whole central like, setup of you of like oh how are they gonna go save them and then they die <laughs> like their attempt like he is like i used to be a runner in school and he mm. like puts like a wet towel over his head and he immediately <laughs> is fully engulfed in flames and burns to death and she chokes to death and jumps out of a fucking window yeah like death in this is super and especially like the, the last scene where it's like they've only got 15 minutes left and it's like what are they going to do to save themselves mm. and the essential final plan is this is like giant hydro tanks on the roof mm. and they're like we're going to blow them up and then the water. We'll hopefully will put out hope, the fire. But also like could waterboard us and kill us and you're like oh yeah but that plan's going to work and it does but like a bunch of people yeah. die. <laughs> and it's like. I again was like, none of this the is heroes, a none of the main experience. characters really die. But and it, again, it's always about like the yeah, I guess so. But again, it's like about the tally. I just feel the tally of life in this yeah. of like, you know, they start doing the elevators, and it's like we can. This is taking too long. We're only getting twelve people down at a time. Mm. Then the elevators don't work, and they have to get a chopper and like a little one person yeah, silo a thing, pulley. pulley system that takes one person at a time, and the idea of people like. Very much um, the Billy Zane in Titanic yeah. vibe. Like, <laughs> let me through. <laughs> let me through. Like that whole thing. Yeah. I, I really like this movie. Yeah. Mm, I feel like I found it a little bit too cheesy maybe. Like the yeah. setting up of all the relationships and just how cutesy they are. Like Fred Astaire and Jennifer Jones being like yeah, this little boring. old couple going on a date and like a little deaf girl and a deaf dad. No, her mom was deaf. She died, right? Or did she make it? She died. Oh, rip. Um, Wait, who? The deaf? Yeah, the little girl, like the kids. Well, the girl, and their the kids are mom. fine, but the yeah. wait, was that her mum, the one that's with Fred Astaire? No, no, the Jennifer, the, um, the one with Fred Astaire was like her teacher or something, like her nanny, right? Yeah, she does. Yeah, 
Yeah, just, Again, she dies. That was sad. Yeah, that was a sad She death. fell out the elevator. Yeah. But, like, I just felt like the setting up of all the relationships and, like, one thing I wrote down that put me off so much, like, at the start when Paul Newman and Faye Dunaway, like, their their relationship just felt so, like, corny She's just and disaster wife as well. She's just like, me. I am the wife. Which is like, like, I'm not going unless you are. And he's like, you have to live. Oh, it was just so, like, it was the example. It was like, oh, this is why they made it. This is airplane. the template. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and also a- <laughs> with her, it's like, you are literally like Faye Dunaway and yeah. you're just playing the wife. That's true. Yeah. Missed opportunity. But there's like, their greeting was she like, max on him like smooches him and stuff and he's like i'm not a cheeseburger you know and she says all protein no bread like ew who what would the ever hell? say that like it's so schmaltzy and like took that me gives out me of major it. um <laughs> it's turkey time gobble gobble vibes <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was yeah i just feel like too many of the relationships were like that and they kept kept having to keep returning to them and be like you know the dickhead guy richard chamberlain where's he at with his girlfriend where's he at with like his girlfriend blah 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 whereas in poseidon adventure i liked that it was more focused on just who will live <laughs> i guess the disaster element of it works better for me should we commit the picks How you let's feeling? get into it i feel like we're already yeah, there I feel like we're much there. yeah So we're comparing these two big old disaster boys. Um, and as I was just about to crack into it in, in that little section there, what do you feel like disaster wise is most satisfying for you in these two pictures, these two big motion pictures from the 1970s? <laughs> I I get what you're saying about the Towering Inferno where it's like, the length, like the duration of it and of it, like the fire building up and people not knowing about it and then knowing about it but downplaying it and then it being uncontrollable and all the different stages of it is very fun to watch. And it's it like fuels a boots the on the ground working like and person seeing the story process to of it. a disaster. And rather people than solving problems and being yeah. like, how are we going to do this? And yeah. yeah, it did make one edit did make me laugh. <laughs> it was going from the party and then it cut to a room that was completely on fire for about four seconds and then cut back to the party. <laughs> like, it was just incredibly unsettled just to be like, oh, this is happening. <laughs> and then back to, like, people vibing. <laughs> but, yeah, True. in general, like, that did build more feeling in you than Poseidon Adventure where it happens at the start and the rest is just everyone's reaction to it. Yeah. And you just know how it's <laughs> going to resolve in Poseidon Adventure. Like, even though, yeah. yes, the <laughs> test of faith is the central, like, running point of it you know people are getting through whereas like literally with towering inferno because there's so many people at risk there is just an element to me of being like how big a disaster is this actually going to be like is this movie going to be like we only lost like 10 people or is it going to be like random people are going to die and to me the threat of that and seeing the weight of that on the firefighters like this these movies both open Essentially identically. There's like yellow font yes. over helicopter and it shots. Irwin Allen's and production. they're both based on books. Yes, absolutely. Um and this one, why was I saying that? Oh the oh the how title card. So the title card for Poseidon Adventure just fucking says how the movie's gonna end. The title card for yeah. this one is like a this movie is in honor of firefighters and all the brave work they do, which to me actually is like even though I'm like, I don't fucking care about title cards at all. All I mean is like, it is true to what the film does, yeah, which is on their work. their work. And like, I love moments of like, I think the movie, the movie does have like really subtle moments that are full of respect for like what these kind of jobs are. Like there's all these moments of Steve McQueen, like having these, like there's a great moment on the ground floor where it's like a tracking shot of all the doctors working on all these people and like all the people that are dying and coughing and stuff and the camera just turns around and Steve McQueen's like huffing and puffing on the floor and then someone's like, hey, they need you. And he's just like, yeah, yep, and he jumps up. And that's so true. Like his character isn't just Steve McQueen the whole movie. It's actually like a dude with the conviction of being like, 
every problem that we're faced with, I'm going to fix it. Yeah. Like every there new are, thing that happens, he's like, fuck. There are a couple of times and I was like, oh, it. is that a wrap on Steve McQueen? Like from now, mm. is he just kind of going to be on the ground floor like reacting? But like, yeah, it is kind of like inspiring like how many times he'll go back in and restart yeah. the action and you're like, oh, yeah. Like when the actually. elevator, like when the elevator blows and it's like, and he's like, oh. My God. And they're like, what are you going to do? He's and like, he, got to get on the elevator. He has a moment with his head, like rubs his head. He's like, I do not know. And there's five second pause and he's like, all right, helicopter. We need this. We need that. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That's really exciting uh, to watch. I think a negative quality that, quality that I'm remembering that came across watching The Towering Inferno is it is based on two different books. And like when we've, when we've talked about twin films constantly, on the Wikipedia page for The Towering Inferno, it has such an interesting solution to the twin films thing where originally mm. two different movies were being made, one with Paul Newman and one with Steve McQueen. So they oh. were both, yeah, did you know this? They were both assembling all-star cast to do a disaster movie and Erwin Allen was like, uh-oh, two different studios are making a movie about a tower combat. that goes yeah, in fire. fire. And, like, it's, it's one production. of the only times that they've managed to be like, let's merge it into one movie. And I think you can tell in a good way which is like whoa how do they get this amazing cast but you can also tell in a negative way where it's like I just felt like there were a few too many little bitsy kind of segments where it's like oh I can tell this might have been a bit that they liked from that book yeah and it like just isn't that necessary like would have been more streamlined and just I don't care about runtime that much but like it is it's just a long time. In, it is stretched in <laughs> to parts. watch this in basically real time you know what I'll say when the runtime is in service of like a methodical lens for strategy and like planning. I like it when the length is in service of like tropes and cliches. It's lame. Yeah, it's hard to watch. Yeah. Like it reminds me of when we did our Seven Samurai episode and we talked about how like a great part of that movie is like you are watching skilled people do their job and like plan and strategize and be like, here's yeah, how we're going to so approach you don't, this battle. you don't want to skip that. Like you're happy to watch it. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, wow, this is the plan. I want to see how the plan works. And this movie has that. But yeah, the cliche elements, I get that as well. Um, um, yeah, my vote is The Towering Inferno. Oh, no. What are we going to do? I choose oh, Poseidon no. Adventure. Well, I, I'll, I'd, we'll obviously have the poll up, but I wonder how many people have seen either of these movies. Mm. We need you. We need your help, folks at home. You should watch these films so you can vote because we've got a draw. Have Darcy or Max seen these? No, Darcy would never watch this. <laughs> Not either of them. No, never. She's actually been in a um, tower fire and a flipped yeah. boat incident, so they both. It's a bit too really touchy for her. <laughs> it was an upside down tower. <laughs> <laughs> it fell into the ocean, and Gene Hackman was also there. <laughs> Anthony, do you have a like? I, have you seen either of these? Mm. But you voted before of one not seeing them. <laughs> no, oh, no, not by argument, by our words. Yeah, right, yeah. I, I feel bad doing that. Me. I feel like I feel like a bit of a hack. What do you Man. think? <laughs> what do you think you'd enjoy more from how we talked about? Oh, I'm interested <laughs> for that one. Fire oh. or water? I think I'd agree <gasps> that I'd be more. Um, I think that I'd actually be more terrified by the fire one. Wow. But, like, I don't know that and you're never going to actually know that Hopefully. until you're, like, somehow both in in both of those mm. circumstances at some point in your life and happen to survive both and then can compare. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I remember watching, like, I remember watching um, some documentaries in, like, modern history stuff at school about, like, 9-11 and stuff. And mm. then people falling out of windows and stuff is People, terrifying. like, jumping mm. and that sort of stuff oh. and talking about, like, the, yeah, the fires. And just feeling that. the heat as well. Yeah, like, and that freaked idea. me out so much, like... I feel I feel like being burned alive would be worse than drowning. Mm. Personally, while we were but. watching the Towering Inferno, Mum was like, oh, yeah, "It just makes thing? you so sad because that really happened." Except it was the Towering Infernos, <laughs> like nine <gasps> eleven. <laughs> Infernos. What else did she say? <laughs> What was some other classics? There was a scene in Poseidon Adventure where she pretty much made me stop the movie. She was like, what just happened? What was that? Because there was a scene <laughs> that went for about eight seconds <laughs> where um, Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka, who is a monster, I mean, not not the actor, but in- the character, the guy who plays Grandpa Joe in Willy Wonka, he and Shelley Winters, they're having a little bit of a breather. And she says, can I borrow your handkerchief? And he says, yeah, it might be a bit dirty. And he hands her his handkerchief. 
and then it cuts to a different scene and mum was like, wait, 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 pause that, pause that. And she was like, is that all that happened? He asked to borrow a handkerchief. Like, she was just Why almost outraged. She, she was like, like, what the hell? That, what was my the time. point of that? Like, <laughs> it was totally valid. Like, yeah, yes, that was pointless. <laughs> Stand up for your That just time. made me really laugh. She was like, was that it? <laughs> Proud of you for standing up for your time being wasted. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got a draw this oh week. That's unsatisfying. Well, well. We'll so maybe we'll come back next time with a poll. But you're leaning towards Taring Inferno. You could make Meg decide. We yeah. could. Did she watch either of them? No. Let's yeah. ask her to just read the wiki summary. <laughs> she really suits suits it. Yeah, I reckon. She'll just see this that the Taring so Inferno Wikipedia is longer. Which movie out. made more money? We've heard this before. Uh, it sounds like Taring Inferno made more money, right? It said it was the highest grossing one of its year. But yeah, we don't know if Poseidon Adventure was. You Poseidon. know one story I know about Poseidon Adventure? It's yeah, Ben Stiller's favourite movie and he oh. approached Gene Hackman about it one time and said, like, I just want to let you know, like, this is my favourite movie when I was a kid. Like, your character was so inspiring to me and, like, I just always go back to this movie as, like, such an entertaining and, like, foundational film for me. And Gene Hackman's like, oh, yeah, that was a money job and just walked away <laughs> and, like, crushed his oh, heart. <laughs> that would kill you. But I think that's very Gene Hackman. Like, I think he's, like, a really angry old man that, like, I hates Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Although also yeah. by the sounds of it, like, if you're finding the Gene Hackman character motivational in the movie, then that's <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit on you as well. So, like, yeah. 100%, I, yeah. I think, I'm sure there's lots of him in there, 100%. Mm. Um, Towering Inferno made more money by, like, so it wins because money is all that matters, really. Yeah. In this town, all that matters is that green. Yeah. And if you don't got it, then you can get out. Bam. Let's go check out <laughs> Triple in the Attic. <laughs> A lot of tension in the studio tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it's time to check on our little triplet in the attic. So this is the part where we pick a third piece of media or literally anything that will be a good accompaniment. Is that a word? Yeah, yeah. You're fine. So a good little yeah add addition to our twin picks this week. Eliza, what's um, yours? I okay. At the start of this episode, we were talking about how spooky tsunami is How we might scary. have the same one no we don't oh we don't oh okay you picked a great one but I, I wanted to link to a new yorker article called the really big one and it's Ooh. basically going through the inevitable event of a huge tsunami that will devastate the whole world oh. and if you're if you're easily like anxiety ridden <laughs> do not read this because it's very upsetting to read just knowing that this the probability of this happening is very high and may i read a particularly distressing little bit to you go for it <laughs> so this writer claims oh. those who cannot oh, get <laughs> i'm nervous All right. those who cannot get out of the inundation zone under their own power will quickly be overtaken by a greater one a grown man is knocked over by ankle deep water moving at 6.7 miles an hour the tsunami will be moving more than twice that fast when it arrives its height will vary with the contours of the coast from 20 feet to more than 100 feet it will not look like a hokusai style wave rising up from the surface of the sea and breaking from above it will look like the whole ocean elevated and overtaking land nor will it be made only of water not once it reaches the shore it will then be a five-story deluge of pickup trucks and door frames and cinder blocks and fishing boats and utility poles and everything else that once constituted the coastal towns of the pacific northwest who would want to put this into the world <laughs> who would be like yeah i'm gonna spook i don't want to know this <laughs> and like they have experts in it that are saying like oh we're not going back to look after like kindergartens and old people's homes like we are running away i was like Ugh. whoa you didn't need to say that like you could have just done it when it happened <laughs> Check. The last is scary. Yeah. That reminds me, just like the tone of that or something reminds me, it, it's like, I guess it's like the probabilistic, but like trying to be as accurate as possible, like using mm -hmm. science or whatever nature of that reminds me of this thing called the physics of Santa Claus. Have either of you ever heard of that? <laughs> no. It's this amazing, like, you remember when like boomers used to like, they're like primary source of like funnies was like chain emails and nice. stuff that they'd like send around like really long silly yeah. dumb emails basically like original memes Love but it. like only text <laughs> and um 
I think it, I'm not sure if it was like a website or if it was just like one of those emails at one point or something, but I remember my dad reading it to me when I was like eight, 10 years old, something like that. Yeah. It's basically just this article that breaks down like how fast Santa would need to be traveling uh, in order to, to actually house. deliver a present to every house. And it is so funny. I like shit how my pants his love. It would was, just be dead. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. He would like <laughs> him and all the reindeer would incinerate immediately. Oh my god! If he was anywhere near the amount, the, the speed that he'd need to be traveling to do that, um, it's so funny. I remember. Uh, so I'd recommend like, looking that up. This is like a hideous <laughs> counter example, but I remember seeing something, <laughs> some post on Tumblr where in like uh, some stupid like anime, there's a scene where someone shoots a bullet and a girl with like huge anime titties, like they're like <laughs> flopping around and the bullet goes between her titties like she manages to make <laughs> to them dodge them dodge with her boobs oh that's horrendous. and they calculated like if her boobs were moving fast enough to avoid a bullet <laughs> they would literally burst into flame <laughs> it was so funny <laughs> <laughs> like it was a similar thing where yeah it just ruined the illusion a lot yeah oh, that's incredible yeah anyway Damn. <laughs> shit no. nothing's gonna sound good in your parents everything like, you just <laughs> yeah. left on the table but well <laughs> What I've picked actually also relates to an inevitable disaster. Um, this is a- my career. <laughs> Link down below. <laughs> no, I was trying to think of the what's the cover enthusiasm music? Oh, no, does that suit that show? What would it be? Would it be that music? What would it be more like? What? Be more like Hello, darkness, my friend. Yeah, that's better. Damn it! Not quick on my feet. I could never be a Senate comedian. It'd be too scary. Why are we doing a podcast? Um, the, my, my triple in the attic is a 2015 Norwegian disaster film that's really, really scary called The Wave. Um, and it uh, is about, so it's based around um, the real life, like, inevitability of this crevice collapsing in a town called Morog Romsdal that will create an avalanche resulting in an 80 meter tall tsunami. And in the movie, it just like, as we talked about, like we grew up with a lot of disaster movies in an era where they were all huge and like fucking enormous, especially 2012 being, I think the example of when disaster films don't work is when the disaster is way too big. And then the people you focus on, it's way too small and intimate in a way that's like, Almost Don't they have, selfish? like, the president in it and stuff? That one. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah. no, but again, like, it's dealing with, like, the it's president like and stuff. It's, like, one man trying to save his family. John, and you're like, I don't care, I'm John, dead. John Cusack <laughs> taking his family there. Yeah. And it's like, there's no way that's happening. Um, Equally, like, in kind of an exciting way, that San Andreas one with The Rock <laughs> being about, like, the most morally corrupt group of people yeah. ever. They he's have a like helicopter a and he's like, fuck everyone else, I'm going to go find my daughter. And he just, like, leaves everyone behind. He's a fucking rescue pilot. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, the wave is very much, like, it, it plays it so realistic. It follows, like, one family. And the inevitability of this thing happening and the real-world element of it is so scary. I honestly watched it because the poster alone is mm. really scary. Do you remember the poster for it? Is it just that big wave? It's like... I'm going to show you the poster now and you'll hear Eliza's reaction to it. Look in the corner. They're like going into the building and it's so big. It's such a big wave. Yeah, that'll do it for you. That's scary, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's pretty freaky. Go look up the wave. So it's like, and it's just like, it's really strong thing. It's the thing that people can like applauded the Gerard Butler movie on Amazon Prime this year, Greenland for that. I don't think it does well, but everyone loved it for is being like, it's really like for such an enormous event happening, it follows like humans, like it follows a real like human experience, which that movie doesn't do. This movie actually does the way nice. it's really good. Yeah. Oof. What a huge episode. I hope I'm never involved in any circumstance remotely related to these ones. I would crumble instantly. Yeah. You instantly. Would, you would be the Poseidon people that are like, we're just going to wait here. I'm just like, oh, I do it. Oh, 100%. I'm not climbing that you're tree. You're not going to try to that live. That's horrible. Yeah, I just think that in any horror movie, like if the ghost is there, I'm just going to curl into a ball and like it can chop Every off my head. I, watch horror I don't movies care. With my I just friends, don't want to know what's happening. The very first thing that's said in the first 10 minutes is every one of my friends is like, oh, I'm dead. I'm killing myself. I'm yeah. dying. Mm. 100%. Do you reckon you do quite well in a disaster movie circumstance, Anthony? 
I'm not like too, I'm, I'm not too bad, like under pressure in like stressful circumstances and stuff. Um, Aww, I once like I once saved someone from drowning. <laughs> what at, at Bondi Beach in oh Sydney? My God. I was like, like they were like a small child, and I would have been like a teenager. Wow! Um, and yeah, you're a hero. Oh, someone else would have done it if oh, I hadn't done it. It's Bondi that's Beach. Like that's what you're saying. But um, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would have gone out of the water and be like, yes, yes, I did it, yes. <laughs> did anyone get that on camera? Yeah. Um, you like throw the kid back in the water wow. so someone can film it. Let's do it again. That's again. That's again. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, I feel like I'm. I'm not. I'm. I'm often quite good at staying relatively level-headed. Oh, yeah, you have evidence that Our under pressure, thing. you will save lives. But oh my I God. wasn't. I wasn't in danger in that. So mm. it's like a little bit of a difference. What's the closest yeah. thing to a disaster we've been in, Eliza? Uh, <laughs> Our house having um, a bit of hail and the roof leaking. Oh, yeah. But that always made me cry. <laughs> I've had, you I guess know, you've had experience with me like, oh my God, I might die or like what something spooky. Like I thought I would drown on a school camp, but I was totally fine. <laughs> well, I've told my story about the shark, me thinking there was a shark in the pool. That was a disaster for me. Mm. Yeah. But and did you react well under pressure? Have I told this story in the podcast yet? I have no gauge of what we've said on this podcast. I don't remember this story. Oh, so yay. Well, we'll so. do a shark episode in the future. Yeah, so we, I actually do then. have to save it for save that. For we should that. do a shark episode one day. I'm really scared of sharks. Um, what other disasters have I been in? <laughs> I'm like, damn it. I wish I'd been in more disasters. No, no. Um, nah, it's all gone pretty well for me, to be honest. That's good. It's a good way to be. Can I offer like a... Um, a, like honorary optional extra triplet thing is made. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, pure. It's like different format as well. Um, there's this really amazing piece of music. Um, by uh, is he an American or Canadian composer? Um, called John Luther Adams, and the the piece of music's called Become Ocean, and it um, it's like a a. Oh, is it like a full orchestral work? I'm pretty sure. Either that or it's like a um, string-heavy orchestra. God, what's the word for that? Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it's an orchestral work, but it's like a contemporary one. It was written in like 2013. It was commissioned and it won the Pulitzer Prize in 2014 and it won a Grammy for a Best... Pulitzer? Yeah. Interesting. Is that the right... Is that it? I don't know. Jeez. Or is but it some other thing that sounds like, yeah, no, Pulitzer, yeah, there's a Pulitzer Prize for music. Mm, okay, yeah, I know, no yeah, because Kendrick Lamar got the Pulitzer Prize for music a couple of years ago as well. Ah, I guess Whoa. I just, I'm not aware that they did one for music. Mm. But, oh, anyway, anyways. but yeah, it won that and then it won a Grammy for like um, best like contemporary classical composition. Um, anyway, Whoa. it's amazing because it's just like, it's all about like, it's purely about texture and like the the idea of the piece of music is not like a one massive disastrous wave type thing. It's about like over time the inevitability of like rising mm. sea levels and that sort of stuff, oh. and of like nature kind of just like taking the world yeah. back and how we like came from the ocean originally and like life mm. evolved from the oceans and stuff, and the ocean kind of like taking life back or something. What a um, anyway, and it it's such really an interesting intense. to make art about. Hey, it's just this idea of being like, well, it's not a thing that's going to face us, but at some point it's going to face someone. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's just really gorgeous because it like it sounds tidal. Like it's it's so Is slow. Is that scary to listen to? Like does it stress you out? I don't it not I didn't find it stressed me out. I found it more beautiful than tense. Mm. But um yeah, it's just like really, really slow entering and exiting mm. layers of the orchestra, basically, like over a like really long runtime. Mm. And so there aren't any distinct sections. There are no melodies, like any of that sort of stuff. It's just yeah. like density and less density over That's time. Awesome. And it's it's quite incredible. Um it's really amazing to listen to it and then when it stops at the end, you're like aware <gasps> of the time passing of like how Damn. how much time's passed and how, how like long it, does it go for. Oh, uh, it's like I think it's under an hour. 
I think it's kind of like album length, actually. Or maybe it's a bit shorter than that. But anyway. Sounds like the exact opposite of like the cheesy experience of these movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like, and then Mother Nature sat back in her place. You <laughs> stupid little shit. Get out of here. <laughs> Where It's like, shut up. <laughs> Don't go. Get over here and pick up that. Yeah. Sit down. <laughs> a very existential question to close on. But do you guys think, so these movies aren't like world ending disaster movies. They're just like a situation mm. happens. But it's about, again, the elements, right? Mm. In an apocalypse setting, a meteor's crashing or a tsunami's coming mm-hmm. or something. Jesus come back. That as well. Um, uh, and he's got back up. He's like, you killed me <laughs> and now I'm back for revenge. Any of those scenarios, are you guys fighting to survive? Or do you think, uh, no, this is what's meant for us. This is what was supposed to happen. I'm out. I'm going to let Mother Nature What do you? Us. What can you fight against? What do you mean? Well, like in Greenland, which is... Which is they're trying to get to like a bunker Which is they're trying to get to a bunker. Like there's a bunker or there's higher ground or there's mm. one of those things. And it's very, very difficult and possibly impossible. Like the, the, there's a huge chance, an enormous chance you're not going to survive. How much do you fight? Would you and how just much take you the just opportunity go? to be like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Like go and just take shit from stores. I mean, people would already have thought of that and just like yeah. go eat really cool, expensive food. If I had like, a day to just live, watch your I'd favorite do movie. some shit. I'd watch some movies. I'd probably do meth. <laughs> do you reckon? Hmm. That could be fun. Have, like, None of the bad I have a friend that will meth. mention that so much that they're like, if I was about to die, I would do heroin. And I was like, I know. And they've said it so many times. Like, like, do you want us. to just do just heroin? Do it. Just like, do it. Like, it seems there. like you're very excited about being able to totally. do it. And it's good to know, you know, to be like, oh, there you go. And mm. then, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's no repercussions for it at that point. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to steal money from your family. You're not going <laughs> to. Like, you know, you're not going to, like, hurt anyone. Oh, you might if you take too much. I'd be good mm. about it. I would take too much. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great. So Thanks anyway. Listening, <laughs> Thanks for listening this week. If you um, follow up, we, we need people to vote. Yeah. To I know the winner. This is unresolved. Who wins? We've Pride had an unresolved adventure. before. Yeah. We've lived with it. Have we? Yeah. Have we ever had a Olympus not- has fallen and White House down. I, I guess felt yeah. satisfied because in episode Anthony stepped in and agreed with me. So I was like, well, I'm good. Because we've seen one of the movies. Yeah. yeah. Pathetic. Yeah. Ridiculous. I haven't seen either of them in this. So I can't That's not a democracy. Okay, we'll see what democracy says. That's ridiculous. I still reckon you should get Meg's opinion. Yeah, yeah. we will. We'll get her to read the Wikipedias and tell us which one interests her. <laughs> um, so, yeah, please check us out on our socials. They're really popular. Please, more than ever, let us know what you think. We need to know. On we our must Instagram. know. If you've seen one of these movies or even parts of it, you must tell us. Um, and you can contact us at twinpixpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, oh, our next episode. We have a guest I'm so excited to have on this podcast because I've been, we've literally been organizing it and then canceling having her on like a billion times because she's so busy. It's going to be so fun to have her on. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. Hugely beloved movies. People are going to love these ones. There's going to be lots of votes, I reckon. And it's going to be a tough convo. We're talking about The Incredibles and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Wow. Wow, this boy is sure. <laughs> I knew Anthony loved it because he loves these movies. The yeah. Incredibles is his favorite. Oh, don't, we'll recite it next week. I actually have a game ready for us. <laughs> a game? I forgot all about I do. that. I do. Anthony and I both are quite good at quoting. I say, I'm sure, well, we'll talk about that next week. I have a game about uh, ready, ready to go oh about um, remembering The Incredibles very well. Uh, so watch those movies to recap for next week's episode. Yeah. Um, I, for the first time, would like to plug a thing that we mentioned at the top of this episode. Follow Get Home Safe um, film on Instagram to track the progress of the short film that Eliza and I co-wrote and Anthony has done all the sound for and is going to do an amazing score and all these things for and that I directed. Um, That's where we'll keep you updated on how it's coming along and stuff. It's weird we haven't mentioned it yet because it's like yeah. really what is exciting to say? like we're just gonna be when like we're working on it we're it's coming along it. <laughs> yeah uh exactly it's pretty yeah. recent too yeah it wasn't, yeah. wasn't long ago yeah it's it true happened. we always like because we record in blocks as well we mm. kind of missed the period where it was like very yeah. intense but yeah you should follow along so you can track how it's coming yeah you can see what yeah. the shoot looked like and yeah see some fun faces hear some screaming and some mm. <laughs> some cool blood effects that's a very funny video yeah anyway wow. and Liz, 
I don't have anything else to say. I'm, what about Little Rough Cut? Oh, yeah, of course. I'll link to Rough Cut below. Roughcutfilm.com for some wonderful film journalism. Oh, yeah. Thanks for joining me today, you guys. You guys are the best. You keep me young. Have a non-disastrous week, y'all. Well, try not to get too wet or too on fire. <laughs> Goodbye. Try not to get too on fire. <laughs> too on fire. <laughs> uh.